Welcome back to the 1-1 Podcast. Father Dan, how are you? Great to be with you, Kevin. Good. Hi, everybody. God bless you. It's good to see you. Father, we got a uh, we got a great weekend, a big weekend coming up. We got Father's Day in America. We got Father's Day over there in Honduras or Guatemala, don't we? Uh, I don't know if we're celebrating it this weekend. I know I'll be giving retreats, so uh, we could be doing Father's Day. I'm not sure it's this weekend. Okay, well, yeah, we, we never know how it works in different parts of the world. <laughs> it, in America, I was I was uh, at the store yesterday, and they got Father's Day sales everywhere, and it got me to thinking about um, me as a father. And and I and I I'm going to get right into uh, what sort of struck me. It's the analogy of when I fail my children as a father and, and, and really what has impacted, I think, the church overall the past couple of years um, is, is um, there, there's kind of a symmetry. And I wrote some things down, Father, and, and I'd like you to respond, if you can, just some, some thoughts that I had that I wrote down about my, my failures as a dad, along with the failures of maybe a Catholic priest when a, when a priest fails, leading into Father's Day weekend. So. The troubled dad who out of frustration quits the hard work of teaching, disciplining, and building up his most troubled child is like the priest who surrendered the hard work of generating spiritual sons and daughters. Two, me, the dad who unwinds each night with a few beers or a bourbon after work is like the priest who cuts off his cell phone for his parish activity after 8 p.m. The dad who falls asleep or is repeatedly inattentive to his rebellious teenage son's curfew, which would seem like the priest who remains spiritually unalert to the troubled souls of his parish. And last, I got um, the dad who allows his teenage daughter to dress like a Magdalene, pre-converted Magdalene, is like the priest who permits immodest dress at wedding masses and is often consumed with large amounts of television and secular culture. So, Father, it's that symmetry that came to me. Does this make sense to you? Sure. Um, I tried to follow all four, but I got a little bit uh, lost. I, I would say one thing. One way to look at it is you're as holy as, as your most spiritually poor child. So if you can dive into the wound of each of the children, that that's what God is inviting us to do, especially post COVID, I guess, in the States. Um, and to really have that missionary heart, my attitude with the kids or with the sisters is, uh, I'm, as, I'm as spiritually united to Christ as the most wounded or the most broken or the most troubled of the sisters or the children. So that's one way that I can connect to the first conversation or first point. The second point would be, you know, about turning off the cell phone at a certain time. I, uh, I don't know that was not my life. So um, I, you know, everybody has different qualities. I guess what I've noticed in my ministry more than anything else is that I don't have the grace for tomorrow. I only have the grace for today. And I can only tell you that I've radically lived that out more than ever. I mean, I really finished the day pretty wasted, tired, and I just got to hit the rack and trust that the grace is going to be there in the morning. It's really a beautiful moment of faith in my life, but I, 
I've said I believed in it, but now I, I, I'm in that gray area where I have to keep trusting that God is going to give that to me. Thirdly is just that, you know, the spiritual correction, that's part of the delivery is how do we do it and when do we do it? And of course, trying not to be inconsistent in our presentation, which is really hard because when I walk across campus, I've got tons of eyes on me and the slightest little reaction can bear a fear or renew a wound in a child. So I've, I've really got to be constantly aware of the, the young people because of their life. And then finally, with modesty, certainly the children, their, their school uniforms, all that, the girls and guys, they're, they're modest. Um, but I'm also teaching them that dignity. You know, modesty is not no, it's yes. But I think that we present it in, in a quasi poor way because we don't hold up dignity first. And then from dignity flows modesty. So anyway, those are the four things I think you presented. So, yeah. Father, well done. You broke them down wonderfully. I, um, what do you say to the American dad heading into Father's Day weekend who, who really does work hard for the family each day? And let's say he does have that troubled teenage son or the daughter who dresses immodestly. immodestly and, and he does, he does try to address these things. And because of the modernism or just things that are swirling now, there's just not a lot of um, progress. What do you tell the dad who, who's really, he, he, he really is in that trench and he's saying, I'm a dad. It's, it's my identity. I've got to, I've got to get in there, but he was not having a lot of success. What do you tell the dad? Well, one of the things I realized, you know, I started to work with the graduates and they leave here, but they, you know, they have their struggles. It's a tough culture. It's a tough culture um, when there's no work and there's not a lot of work in Guatemala, Mexico, Honduras. And so there's a lot of sadness. There's a lot of discouragement. Um, I feel in the work of the sisters that once the flower is offered in the day, the devil can never take it back. So for example, if I place flowers on the altar and today and tomorrow they die, it doesn't mean they just died. They lived, even though they might not have lived forever. And what I've taken great consolation is I don't know what's going to happen to the kids. I, I, I get in there. I try to let the Lord heal them, our lady heal them. And of course, I have a spiritual paternal concern for their next step, the older girls, let's say, or boys. But I've taken great peace and consolation, the fact that, you know what? I went in the trench. They got the grace, and the devil can never take that grace away. And, and that's really been renewed. So to the father and to the mother that are doing those things for the kids and maybe they're rebelling and maybe all that stuff, look, you, you have to keep doing it because it's right and just to keep doing those things. That's what we're called to do. Yeah, and I, and I think, Father, to, to dovetail with dad and, and mom too, it's that, it's that idea of redemptive suffering. You, you know, there's a priest out in the Midwest, Father uh, John Hollowell, who he offered his three brain surgeries. He had cancer and his radiation and chemotherapy to those abused by clergy. So it was like every, and, and he collected 250, 200, 300 names of those abused. And a lot of them were alcoholics and had fallen away from the faith or just, or just were uh, tortured mentally. And he said, I will 
offer the radiation, the chemo, the surgery for you because he knew invisibly, you know, he couldn't do much by that, but invisibly God would. So, so could you talk to the, to the viewers about the, the, the efficacy of redemptive suffering for a child gone sort of astray? Well, sure. I think that, that that was always a concern of Father Al, that the children would graduate and go on to live lives that are different than how they entered, obviously. Redemptive suffering is really the grace of uniting your suffering to the cross. But, you know, it's always offered up, offered up. I, I've changed my wording to say, invite Christ in to this wound, to this pain, to this difficulty, and then you offer it. That's much more profound because then it's not sort of this, this offering into never, never land. You know, where do I, where am I? And so I invite the Lord in and then I say, Lord, let us offer this to the Father. So I do it with the Father. So for me, redemptive suffering is really a lot of what I encounter here. Asking the good Lord to surrender the wounds of the children to receive the wounds and for their wounds to be rivers of grace. That's been a lot of what I've told the kids, you know, you know telling them the, the, the degree to which you've suffered, like one to 10 is the degree to which God is going to use you. So if you had a number eight in suffering and you deter, they, I let them determine their own number, then they will be an eight in the river of mercy. And that brings great consolation that they can say, wow, it's not just about putting a Band-Aid. It's about converting that into grace. And that's redemptive suffering. Man, that is excellent. What a great way to put it. Yeah, and you're right. And that the way you've, the play of words where you make it more of an encounter, it makes it more intimate to, for the suffering soul too, because they bring Christ in. Well, there's a grace of wisdom that I'm getting from the kids and the sisters and their prayers and sacrifices. So I'd have to be a complete Neanderthal not to encounter some of the grace. But yeah, the Lord is moving and I see the, the grace of the kids powerfully. So, Father, many Catholic laity that I speak to, um, and they're all over the place, they do feel orphaned, almost like a fatherlessness pervaded the land when, when churches were shut down. They also felt it a couple of years ago when when um, when they discovered that what happened with the former Cardinal McCarrick and his rot, his his fatherlessness, and, and that bishop, many bishops knew and, and and didn't say anything, and that was sort of that was a fatherlessness as well. So what do you what do you tell dads and moms who are struggling to keep their kids in the faith because of the the spill out of what happened in the pandemic and McCarrick, et cetera, to say no, no, no. I'm your dad. I'm your mom. This Catholic faith is glorious. It's radiant and it's true. Here's why you need to stay with it. Well, Mother Mother Church remains unstained in spite of the groom. Okay? And, you know, Christ is the groom. He is the one that has offered his life. We priests, the bishops, they we are simply participating in persona Christi. But if we do not enter into the mystery of the suffering of the bride, which is the mother church, then we easily objectify. I would say to the post-COVID Americans, it's really time to step up the game spiritually and enter the churches, pray, go to confession. Like let's, let's spiritually convert the the pain that we've gone through, the distance that we've experienced into a grace, 
all of that grace is available, but we have to avail ourselves. And I feel that it's a beautiful time to, to renew some of the devotions that we used to have and not to just make them these and thous, but to make them digestible for the laity so that they can say, okay, this is why we do a nine day novena and here's a little paper and you do this at home or we'll put this on the website or whatever. I just think it's a time to, to renew them and invite them into that uh, devotion, those devotions, especially adoration and daily mass. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I agree. So, so when I think of Father's Day and fatherhood, obviously you think of the father of orphans, Venerable Aloysius Schwartz. And I always go back to that first day in Korea on uh, the Feast of the Immaculate Conception in 57, when he looked out and he saw orphans laying on the ground like war shrapnel, just left over from, from the Korean War. And one by one by one, he started to sort of pick them up and put them in boys' towns and girls' towns. So, so what I get from that is <laughs> over and over again, he said, I, 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 can't, I can't be slothful here. I can't be comfortable. Um, I, I can't do anything because Mary has put this mandate in me to go after the rejected, the disregarded, the poorest of the poor and the orphan. So I think the lesson there, Father Dan, is, is kind of what you're living out to, you know, today in Guatemala is that the father, the father to stay attentive to what's out in front of him, to have those eyes. He's, he's really got to be steeped in prayer, work and this relentlessness. How, how can you speak to that? Yeah, I, I find more than ever that it's it's a daily decision. And I'm I'm and you know, Father Al's choices, his words are echoing in my heart a lot. It's just a choice. And that is what gives me the great consolation. God gives the grace. And then I I just have the the image in my heart that, you know, a kid that goes to confession is their living Good Friday, and I want to introduce them to Easter Sunday. And I don't have to do it in three days. I can actually do it in 10 minutes in a confessional, right? Like those are the images I have. And so when it's one kid, one kid, one kid, and I'm like, well, whatever. I can, I can squeeze 72 hours into 10-minute confession. That's a no-brainer. And so those are the images I have in my heart of how to be an instrument of God. Um, and then that animates me. That's, that's the word. It, it, it inspires me to keep doing it. So it's one soul at a time, but at the same time, you know, you got to get in the trench and you got to, the kids, anybody's got to cough up the pain. So we're not chucking around band-aids. So thanks be to God, the spirit is moving very powerfully and I'm seeing massive graces given to the kids. Oh, amen, father. Thank you. So what, what's next? Uh, how much longer are you going to be in? Are you going to be, are you going to go to the boys next or what's happening? Yeah. I cranked out a, a um, Graduates retreat last weekend, totally packed. We didn't have a lot of space and COVID, but, you know, room for about 70. We took 86, which was awesome. They had a beautiful time with healing of the Eucharist and talks. One of the sisters gave a talk, Sister Margie. So that was awesome. And then I'll head to Honduras and I'll give two retreats, have time of healing for the students at night. It's really beautiful. It's, I try to get through the confessions of the older kids first. And then I work my way down to the little ones. The little ones are dying for confession. I, you know, it's, they want to take that big kid step. So um, that's a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, thank you, Father. You said beautifully last week. I don't know if you remember that 
that you're so struck by the kids who wouldn't dare receive the Eucharist if they didn't feel like they were in a state of grace because maybe went on a vacation or not a vacation, but time back home, they had seen something in the streets and they approach you, Father, and say, Father, I, I, I saw this. I don't know if I can receive it. It was beautiful out of the mouths of babes. So, so Father, thank you. Uh, thank you again. Now, I'm going to put out the APB once again for Father Dan Leary. Any priests out there, if you have any desire to assist Father Dan in this mission this summertime, he's taking all comers, yeah. taking all comers. So reach out to me um, at uh, worldvillages.org. And I'll connect you guys, but uh, the confession lines are rather long. I so I hear anyway. Yeah, they, they. It's funny as the kids heal, there's, there's more need for them to open. It's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. So it seems like an, a contradiction, but anybody who's gone through an intense healing, you don't need hand holding. What you need is discernment and graces. And so I got to put the Eucharist up more. Like that's work. Like I'm running to two buildings a night doing adoration. That's work. So I don't know. I, I find the work not work. I find the work great, but it's tiring physically, spiritually, not as much. Salvific work is always tiring, Father. Thank you. So can you lead us out in a blessing? Yeah, folks. God bless you. Take care of yourselves. Let's finish the month of the Sacred Heart on fire. And uh, please pray for me. I pray for you, the work of the sisters and the salvation of souls. And may Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Take care, folks. Be holy. Hey, thanks for listening to the one-to-one -one podcast. This podcast is presented to you by the Holy Ruckus Podcast Network. For awesome Catholic content or production needs, please visit theholyruckus.com.